We are live here on Tried to True, the DC United postgame podcast presented by Heineken. And, I, well, it's the same story. Uh, and tonight it was two late, late, late goals that undid the black and red. But I, I don't think it was a – I never had the sense that we were going to score a, a massive goal tonight. We'll talk yeah. a little bit about that. Uh, John Lee joined, as always, by Joshua Morgan, Sam Kastner, and, uh, and Michael Black as DC United fall. 2-0 at home to the New England Revolution tonight. And uh, those were goals in the 86th minute by Gustavo Bu uh, and in the 90th minute by Buxa. The wheels came off, or maybe they've been off for a while. I don't know. Where, where are you guys at tonight? Yeah, we were chatting a little bit during the game that, like, there was never a play when I thought, oh, that should have been in the back of the net. But there was almost the play where it was like, oh, there needed to be one more pass, and then maybe it could have been in the back of the net. I think especially in the first half, we had a, a lot more opportunities and a little bit more like offensive clout. Um, I think the young guys brought a lot onto the field, which I know we'll talk a lot about. Um, I, I felt like we were we were closer this game than in other games, but <laughs> we other still, games this week. Yeah, we still. I mean, just couldn't get it done tonight, which was unfortunate. Um, well, you still yeah. got the problem of trying to put together a ninety-minute performance, and I don't think we saw that tonight either. You're yeah. right; we had some a couple of shots in the first half where you thought, "Hey, maybe something happens, maybe it skips right, and things come together for us." But at the end of the day, you didn't put it together a full ninety. You saw two late goals, and New England probably deserved the win. So we have a question um, in Twitter right now. It says. Another match, another loss. Do we lose focus at the end of these matches, or is there just not enough talent? And thank you for B, B Greenberg for submitting that one. But what do you all think? I, I think, I think, the just the way the game goes, we're absorbing a lot of shots and a lot of pressure, uh, and, and eventually they go through. We do a good job for the full night. I don't know why. Uh, I, I don't know. I think to me, it's like when, when we first had the opportunity to to make five subs, it was cool, and it, it was surprising to a lot of us that we, we were regularly using them and we seem to be using them all of the time now but i think what we saw tonight was tactically they they changed at least twice with the substitutions that they made and and you take you know a guy like griffin yahoo put in a great shift and was was gassed at the end but i i saw a number of folks on twitter and i agree um really thought that was the end of creative runs and, and things when, when yeah. griff came off and so i, I don't know i think i mean obviously talent with all of the injuries on this team is lacking but I don't know. It's just to me, it almost felt like I mean, we, we went in. It was it was 60 minutes into the game, I think, before we made the first substitution. And there was a part of me that was like, OK, like maybe we're not going to make five tonight. Maybe we'll just keep riding. I mean, it's it hasn't been the worst. And, and if and we talked a little bit about this and, and I want your guys thoughts here. But like, were we OK with a draw? And, and was that the mentality for, for part of the game? We, we could, I guess the, the question is, were we for, for a bunch of the game? And then the follow would be. Should we have been okay with the draw? But I have a little bit more of an immediate follow-up question is, like, would you have made those subs? Because Ben, like, gets criticized for not making subs pretty frequently. But I would agree that when Yao came off, when we started making those subs, it's a little bit when we lost that flair and we lost that creativity. And we lost, like, the almost chances that we had created, which I will admit is probably, like, not good enough. But, like, it looks like we were more there than we have been certainly in other games this season and this week, frankly. Yeah. So. I'm not sure, uh, and Ben does a pretty good job of letting us know when players are ready to go a certain distance, and, and we might disagree sometimes, especially with, like, AYN and stuff like that, but this was Yao's second-ever MLS start. I, I don't know if he could have gone on You don't want to keep him in there too long to the point that they make the mistake, right? You're right. right. Um, yeah, I, I think 
and, and I, th- I felt this way most of this season, a lot of our substitutions have been due to fitness. I, I don't think we've made a ton of tactical substitutions. Is that an excuse, though? Like, uh, I, I certainly didn't intend for it to be one, right? Like, it's, <laughs> I think that's what we're seeing. I, I think, think we're some of them play, have to be tired like, players, and, and we're making changes. Because we're playing backups in a lot of positions, and, and these backups... But we've been playing backups the whole season, though, right? Like, I'm really just playing devil's advocate right now. You're right. Absolutely. That is was going to be the next thing out of my mouth is that we're playing a lot of games. Like, a lot of people who potentially their fitness this year would have been very different. They're getting new workout sheets this year, right? Like, it's very different, but we're also very well into the season. I don't think I disagree with any of the subs tonight. I think... Iguayan and Sorga are probably, uh, I saw maybe Ben Romley on Twitter say that those that's the best striking pair for DC United, and I can't disagree right now. Uh, Mora was gassed. He's been up and down the pitch today, uh, but he was looking a little pretty, kind of leaky. Almost gave away a pen there at the end. Um, who else? Uh, Nyman, was he pulled off? He, yeah. He wasn't ready to go the whole way. Uh, I thought he played pretty well, though. So I, I, I don't disagree with any of the subs. I think they were... Uh, they just had well, to be made. Which well, go ahead, yeah, go sorry, ahead. Sorry, but to John's point, you know, the subs in the the first sub set we made was to pull off the f- two strikers, bring on one striker and an outside midfielder, or depending on how you want to play Iguain, you know, it looked like they were trying to shift to having one striker up top after not creating yep. anything with two, and then ten minutes later you shift back to having what appeared to be two up top. Uh, I, I get, you know, at that point you're you know, maybe you're going for something and you're trying to throw anything at it. But making two tactical shifts like that in so, short order is challenging. Yeah, so given all that we've said, going back to John's question, yeah. like, I, I just feel like we needed that context to be able no, to answer I, the I, question of, like, what was it? Like, should we have been going for a tie, well, and so is I, that good enough? Yeah, I think the question is, was was Olsen's mentality that we, we wanted to go for the tie, or were we not? And and let's, uh, let's throw it. I think we've got uh, Coach Olsen at the podium. We'll send it over. And things looked uh, a little better, a little livelier, a little more engaged. Um, how would you assess it overall and ultimately the, the, the result with the two-leg goals? The first half was good. Uh, you know, showed some personality, showed some uh, some soccer, some good transition moments. You know, Jordi fitting in and the two youngsters starting was, uh, I thought, overall the first half was <clears throat> pretty good. And we had a few chances that, um, once again, we, we have to do better with. Um, you know, we're, we're never a team that uh, we haven't been that for uh, a few years. So uh, the times we've been successful is when we've been efficient and, and um, we have to, uh, we have to see some of those plays out, uh, whether it's the final ball or uh, the chance or two that we get in the first half that are, are good chances. Um, and uh you know, the second half, they, they just kind of wear you down. And it's been a long week, and, and uh, we, we used a, a lot of guys and were a little thin. So uh, as the game wore on in the second half, their physicality uh, just, as I said, wears you down. And then they bring some guys off the bench that are super um, pacey and strong, and uh, they continue to wear you down, and they're relentless with, um, uh, you know, their depth is – uh, was was pretty impressive coming in and then uh, really helped the game and boosted them and uh, our subs did okay uh, but you know uh, it, it was a it was a good response from a, a work rate and, and you know everyone gave everything they had and um, that's all I can ask right now of this group 
and uh, you know, proud of the youngsters. I thought they got tired there down the uh, – Moses got tired down the stretch, but uh, he had a, a pretty damn good game for, for a youngster. And Griff had some moments where, uh, uh, you know, he – uh, he showed well. It was, again, a tough opponent, a very uh, quick player against him. Uh, so now he has to learn how to outsmart him, uh, outsmart defenders. And so it was a really good experience for, for both of them. Uh, and the goals, yeah, I'm sure we can do better on, but they, they were knocking at the door, let's be honest, in the second half. Thanks, Ben. We'll go to Jason Anderson next. Jason, go ahead. Uh, ben, you mentioned Jordi Reyna. Obviously, he's only had a couple training sessions, but you, you put him in there um, from the start tonight. How do you think he did overall? Uh, I thought uh, the overall in the first half, he had a, a, a positive impact. You see his range of passing and, and ability to wiggle out of scenarios and combine. Uh, and all that stuff will get better uh, as he's here a little bit more and gets more trainings with his uh, – his teammates, um, you know, I, I think the Polster injury affected him a little bit. I mean, he, you know, he was, you know, the Polster went out and, and definitely uh, didn't look good. And so, you know, I've been there as a player and you, you hit someone accidentally and you, you put them out and they look the way they look like. It's, uh, it's not always uh, easy to get, get past that. Um, and then the second half, uh, you know, uh, you know, uh, he had a little bit of trouble finding the game, but, uh, that was also a product of us and them overwhelming us uh, again with, with some of that physical play and uh, just legs and lungs. I just think they had more in the second half and we, we started to just run out of gas. I said, there's three games we used, um, you know, the, the guys put a lot into this week and uh, with traveling, I thought the second half, we just didn't, didn't have the juice that we had in the first half. And again, I, I, I know this group and it wasn't out of, it wasn't because of want. Um, it wasn't because of desire and, and, and fight. They just uh, started to, to lose, um, lose steam and, and, and they picked up steam. Thanks, Ben. What about Alonzo Contreras next? Alonzo, go ahead. Hi, Coach. Uh, when you mentioned uh, Jordi Reyna, he had a, a, a good game. But also, what is the club or, or your decision on him going to play for his national country? What, uh, what, what is going on right now between the MLS, the teams, and the Peruvian uh, Federation? Thank you. It's a good question, Alonzo. I stay out of that stuff. Well, I'm a head coach. I, I deal with the players and the, the players that I'm given. Um, you know, that's a management and, and, a, and a league issue that they're, I think, working through. So... I'll, I'll await those decisions. Thanks, Ben. Alonzo, you can follow with with me, and I'll help help you get an answer for that question. We'll go to Jimena next. Jimena, Thank you. Jimena, go ahead. Coach, what other element are we missing to get better results? What better elements? It's a good question, um, Jimena. Uh, you know, we could use um, uh, a few of those guys that that are uh, not healthy right now. That would that would help. Uh, uh, we could, um, I think, use uh, we could we could use a lot right now. I mean, that's a, it's a good question. Uh, I'll start to keep. I'll try to figure that out in the next uh, next week. 
Thanks, Ben. We'll go to Emily also next. Emily, go ahead. Ben, just a quick uh, personnel question. Was Gressel starting on the bench, was that just a rotation aspect or was there something uh, tactically set up different that he started on the bench there? We wanted to we wanted to give Griff an opportunity. We thought he deserved it. And uh, we also like his ability to threaten the back line and, and uh, play vertical. I mean, he's a different profile than, than Gressel and um, – you know, sometimes with uh, you know, with with um, Jordy Reyna coming in, playing a little bit more central and lower at times, uh, you need legs out wide. And with Yamil and Gressel at times, uh, again, they're different profiles than a than a Griffin Yao. So we wanted him to stretch the field, and I think uh, for the most part he did a, a good job of that. But uh, they they. Again, they, they had a, a pretty tough opponent against them that, that did a good job on them. Thanks, Ben. I don't see any more questions, so appreciate your time. That's DC United head coach Ben Olsen, and we're expecting to hear uh, in just a few minutes which which player is going to be joining us. Um, I, and I want to get back to the, the – Fred the, Brianson is going to join us. Is it officially Fred? Okay, so we'll, we'll be hearing from Frederick here in just a second. But I don't know, guys. that. Ben had a couple answers in there that that just I'm not I'm not okay with. I, I don't know. Let us know which ones. Well, so I mean, first of all, he was asked point blank, "What does this team need to get yeah. going?" and and he didn't have an answer. Um, I mean, he said, you know, some of the players coming back from injuries, which yes, that that's for sure. But that's not the position I want to see my head coach in, like but, without an answer there. Like but, you should clearly know what is missing on this team and uh, based right. on your game plan that is is or is not going well. And you're right. I, for me though, he sounded a little bit unsure when he said it. He wasn't like. Absolutely, if we had these player back, yeah. my game plan would be great and we'd yeah. be killing it this season and I've been struggling to figure out because we have six starting players who are out. Like, that's something. But the way he answered it was a little bit unsure, um, which at this point I, I feel like you, you got to be sure about it, right? Like, we've yeah. been in this situation game well, after game after game. And I think, I mean, the, the one that really set me over the edge here, like, I, first of all, I love the young kids. I love that they're getting minutes, and they're some of my favorite players on the team because I think they're, they're doing some of the best things right now. But, you know, ask point blank why Yao got the start over Gressel, and, and it was like, oh, you know, I think he, he deserves some minutes. And I'm like, not good enough again, right? Like, who's the better player? If Gressel's playing well right now, Gressel needs to start. You know, if, if Gressel needs a rest, and that's why Griffin's getting the start, fine. Right, but this isn't a charity, right? I mean, yeah. <laughs> we need to play the best available players to try to get points that we haven't gotten all season. And I made the point, you know, during the break that if you're trying to, if you're you're looking at the game saying, hey, you know, this is a chance we play some young guys. Maybe it's a, a opponent that you expect a good result against. But in the situation you're at, every team is above you at the table, so there isn't really going to be an opportunity for you to say hey, you know, maybe we can throttle it back a little bit here. You need to be going all out trying to win every game, especially against a yeah. New England team that I think all of us would agree is not the class of the league. They're certainly you know, ahead of us and getting more results than we are, but this is not a team that you are scared to play and expect uh, bad things to happen when you play them. Yeah, I completely agree, and I, I struggle a little bit. I'm a little bit back and forth with, like, the answer that he gave, John, to your point, was, like, fitness, right? Like, we, we talked about that, too. He said yeah. our fitness just isn't there. And I, I, I juggle a little bit between, like, we do have so many young players and we do have, like, Reyna, who's, like, 
played with the team for a week, right? Like maybe his fitness isn't there. Iguain's a lot older. Maybe he's not 90 minutes fit. But you know, again, these young guys, you know, you don't want to push them too hard. Their bodies are still physically developing. So you don't want to like mess up their whole careers by pushing them too hard right now. But I also struggle with like, these are professional athletes and it's their job to be fit. And we're halfway through the season and other teams have figured out how to run enough to be fit, right? Or how to like do the drills that make you match day fit. So why is it something that just this team is struggling with? Like taking into mind all the things I just said, like I I still feel like that's not a good enough excuse for what we're seeing. Totally agree. Especially for the guys who aren't getting as many minutes. I mean, I understand that, you know, Griff's a young guy and you don't necessarily want to play him 90, but at the same time, you would expect some of these guys who are, not getting quite as much time and are filling in spots there should be fresh can potentially go longer yeah. and to continue to fall back on oh it's a long week oh the you know, things are things are tough like every team is struggling with this and we keep coming out on the bottom end of it which is frustrating especially because our younger players are the ones who are giving us the spark right like we literally just said that when Yao came off we kind of saw a little bit of dip in performance and I am by no means qualified to even probably ask this question, but, like, does t- Griffin going 20, 30 more minutes, like, really affect his development? Like, why could he not have gutted that out? We've seen Kevin gut that out, right, and play the full 90. So I I wonder why Yeah was pulled, because I don't know that Gressel provided a whole lot when he was – it's hard to pro- – like, it's hard to provide as a sub, right? Like Well, and I think we've seen this season Gressel has grown into games, and when, when you sub him in – you, you don't have a whole lot of time to grow into the exactly. game. And to your first question, Sam, I think back to, you know, kind of where you were at at the beginning of the season with some of these young guys of like, they should be able to quick turn and burn these games. They're younger. They should have more in the tank. Um, I, I don't have a good answer for that with, with, yeah. I mean, how, how long did he play? Did he play against Nashville? Games are coming thick and fast. I'm sure he got <laughs> minutes. A little bit meshing together. But, oh. I think he got minutes. We'll look into that, but I, I mean, either way, right? They don't play again until next weekend, so there, there's a full week of recovery ahead. I, I don't know. That was that's just curious to me that whole that whole situation. But I, I guess let's let's circle back. Um, I, I don't know. I guess I'm now thinking Olson was maybe going for a draw tonight. What makes you say that? I because I well. <laughs> I don't know. I don't even know if there is a game plan some nights, right? Like, I think I think bringing out Reyna was 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 cool tonight. I thought he played fairly well with limited practice with the team, but like the substitutions and the tactical changes didn't seem to be very coherent to me. We talked a little bit about that earlier, and it's like if you're going for a win, wouldn't you want to bring on an additional attacker, like maybe for at the expense of a, of a defender or at the expense of a midfielder or something like? seemed like we were just bringing on people when we took people off and hoped it worked. I also think that like where we are right now is where we expected to be after the Nashville game, but Ben came in so hot and heavy in that press conference and so obviously upset with how that game had gone that we were all like, oh, this was not the game plan, right? Because a lot of times Ben is like what we saw today, like very mellow, like they're yeah. just, we're just a couple pieces, but we'll figure it out this week and we'll be able to bring it next game. But against Nashville, he was like, that was unacceptable. We need to figure it out. And this is the reaction game from that. Yeah, I, I absolutely. Yeah, I got 12 minutes last game yeah. okay. uh, plus, uh, plus out of time. But Thank yeah, you. this was the reaction to a Ben Olsen. And Ben was fine. Well, it was, a, it was, like was a fun. As mellow. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, I, I didn't say it was a good no, reaction. For sure. For sure. <laughs> but but th- we've never seen Ben Olsen this mad. I, I've never seen him. I don't think I've ever seen him directly call out players 
the way that he season. did. Yeah. Uh, well, and it raises questions, you know, too. Like last, he was subbed in. Uh, sorry, yeah, was subbed in for Gressel last week. You know, on in the Nashville game. You know, played 12 minutes. You know, today he said, "Hey, we're going to give Yao a start, a shot to start." Gressel was one of your big moves in the offseason. I mean, that was a Tam level signing, a guy who you spent, you invested quite a bit in. And if you're at this point of the season, halfway through, you're saying, "Well, maybe we'll try one of our academy guys," you know, a guy who's on the roster and getting up to that point. I'm certainly happy to see that development, but you know, that really raises questions about what you're getting out of Gressel because. He had a lot of success in Atlanta, and it has not translated thus far. And I think that this is something that we've, like, talked about kind of all week, um, is, like, what do we expect out of this season, knowing that there are, like, six starters consistently throughout the season? There have been at least half or more of our, like, starting positions who have been injured and out. So, like, what do we expect from this season? And is it okay to be playing our kids and getting them that experience knowing we're at the bottom of the table? It's a pretty close table. We have many games left. There's still time to make a run. And like, it, I mean, it's not, we're not over and out by any means. Obviously uh, I think the whole think fan base, taken, you're right. I think the whole fan base would have appreciated a little bit better showing out of this game. But like at the end of the day, like we're, we're not going to get first in the East, right? Like how far are we going to be able to go in postseason? So like, would we rather develop these players and like, come out swinging next season or like would we rather be putting more marbles into this season i ask just devil's advocate throwing it to y'all i mean as the table sits right now chicago is moving into 10th which this year is a playoff spot at 15 points we're four points back that's certainly not insurmountable it's not but again the way this team is played do you really expect them to start making up games on some of these guys especially you know games that you think you should be winning this yeah. game against Atlanta next weekend is going to be big because that is a team that's in a lot of trouble as well. Yeah, I to me, I think you should be able to do both. I, th- I think with with as low as the bar is this season to getting in the playoffs, one, you have to get in the playoffs. I, I, I mean, I'm as gutted as any way that we have all these injuries, but like it's not good enough to not make the playoffs. And mm-hmm. I think you, you make the playoffs while developing – the young players and I think we have done a good job of developing the young players I mean Paredes is a regular starter obviously he was not not in line about a precautionary tonight I think it was his hamstring still bothering him um I think Griffin Yao's come along with I think Nyman is the 16 still right I mean he's he put in a, a quality tonight. shift tonight yeah um so I I would argue we are developing the young players and you know now it's time to get some results between bringing in Gressel you brought in two um strikers Mid-season, now we can talk about how, how good they are, how effective they are. Um, but in bringing in both Rivas and Reyna, we haven't scored in four out of the past five games. It's not good enough. I, I don't I, know what to do with that. I liked what I saw out of Reyna tonight. I thought yeah. he did a good job of animating. You know, I would obviously love to see a goal from a forward. Uh, sometimes he perhaps came further back than I'd like from oh, a guy man. playing up top on the 4 Don't get me started. <laughs> but, yeah, either way... I, I, I thought he added something tonight. Well, we're still awaiting, uh, hopefully, Frederick Brion here any moment. But, but Sam, I think we do want to talk a little bit about that, right? Because Sam had a moment during the game when we were watching together earlier where just general frustration about the strikers being so deep and, and, and what we would what you would think in a four four two is out of position, right? Yeah, you guys kept, – I kept saying, like – it, it was a situation in which, like, we, like, got the ball in the back and then we would just, like, blast it up or we'd, like, pass a little bit in the midfield. And Oh, are we switching over? 
Gotcha. All right. Yeah, well, I'll come to you. As after. usual, right in the middle of the thought, <laughs> <laughs> we'll send it to Frederick Brian. Steve Goff first. Steve, go ahead. Uh, Fred, the, the team looked a little bit better and um, a little a little livelier, um, but ultimately, um, you give up the two late goals. How is um, how is this affecting the team after uh, after uh, what looked like a, a, a promising uh, night for a long time? Yeah, it's tough. Yeah, we were on bad uh, defensively, but um, I think we need more with the ball. We need a real plan to play. And uh, yeah, it wasn't enough. And uh, of course, we are disappointed because we needed three points. Uh, for, for me, it's unacceptable to, to be here right now in the last position in this, uh, in this uh, conference with the team we have, with the quality uh, we have is unacceptable. Thanks, Fred. You're welcome. Go to Jimena next. Jimena, go ahead. Fred, um, what happens to the team chemistry after many substitutions? It's, you know, it's not easy because um, we had, uh, I think we were well organized. And now with these five subs, you know, sometimes we need to figure it out uh, very quick uh, who's coming. Uh, the quality of the player was coming and uh, and also they have to, to be ready directly you know and uh, with these five subs is sometimes it's complicated you know uh, because we had an organization first and we have to change a little bit we have to uh, to think with the player is close to to us so it's not easy it's not easy especially when you defend uh, uh, most of the time you know Thanks, Fred. We'll go back to Steve Goff. Steve. Fred, is it, um, are you becoming more pessimistic about the team outlook? Do you no, still have no. optimism? You no, know, you know, I try to stay positive all the time. And uh, with my experience, I, I try to help the team and uh, um, give a positive mindset all the time. Uh, I try to push them uh, in the wide way, but uh, yeah, it becomes tough, you know. Uh, we don't have points, and uh, with the quality of uh, of the team, I'm very disappointed because, it's, like I said, it's unacceptable to, to be here right now. It's not normal to be in the last position with the team we have. Thanks, Fred. I'll pause for just a second and see if anyone else has any questions. All right, Fred, thank you for your time. Thank you, guys. Have a good evening. SDC United's Frederick Briant uh, taking to the podium and fielding a, a couple of tough questions uh, there from Stephen Goff, at least, about, you know, hey, how, how's the attitude? Are, are we pessimistic? And, and Fred was adamant that, no, they still you... believe. And, and I hope that's the case. I mean, we've talked before on this show that Olsen's never really lost a locker room despite how bad things have gotten. And, and I think we can, we can only hope that that's the track we're on here. And we've said that in this season. We have heard players who have been more mad than Fred was just now, right? Like, we, we've, we've heard that players have been I mean. a little bit upset with how it's going, and, and Fred was still pretty positive. Um, can I mean, you remind me where we were prior to going? We were talking a little bit about you know the the four four two formation oh, yeah. and and how we had oh yes the specific play right was a, was a ball forward there were several Kamara in in uh, in some space and 
nobody there alongside him for him to make it made a pass to or yeah. or anything. So, and, and I think what we saw was that Reyna was not even in the attacking half there. And so the question really that I, I posed to you during the game was, is that players out of position or is that yes. the tactics we're running out in this four four two? I feel like a different conversation, but I will say that just generally, like knowing soccer, like there there were four up top, right? And we got in the position I, I think, yeah, this is what I was saying beforehand. We got in the position, the defense had it, maybe they passed through the midfield a little bit, and then they played it forward, and there was one person, and it was usually Kamara, who was, like, chasing after the ball. But it's hard when you're just one person to know where the ball is going, right? You're on the left side of the field, it goes to the right side of the field. You can't guess that stuff. Um, and it was frustrating because I kept saying, oh, this is why you need two forwards up top. And you guys kept saying, like, Sam, we're playing two up top. But, like, in reality, that's not what we were playing, and that's what's frustrating because Reyna was dropping so far back, possibly because he felt like he wasn't getting the ball enough, possibly because that's what the tactics were. I don't know, but at the end of the day, that takes away your ability to possess up the field because all of a sudden, all your players are in your defensive half and you don't have an outlet. And, like, Kamara, and I, I've said this always, like, right, we don't have a forward who's able to, like, work the entire line and be that player that holds it up and allows the rest of the field to rush a, the rest of the team to rush around them. Right. Like Kamara's not that person. So he's just like chasing a ball all the way across the field. The team is a little bit tired from just having to defense. They're like kind of jogging up, but then all of a sudden new England just gets to recycle the ball back. Like that's not how you build an offense forward. And I feel like when we saw us building our offense was when we had more options up top and we were able to pass forward and hold it up and find that outside pass. And then we were able to cross it in and switch the field. But like when you have one of your forwards who's dropping so far back to get the ball, first of all, they're cluttering the midfield. And second of all, they're just not providing that outlet. There's, yeah. no, there's yeah. nothing more frustrating <laughs> than as an attacking player to get the ball finally in some cases and look around and have no options. You've got a guy on your back. You don't know where to go with it. You don't really expect support runs to come. You saw a couple of times in that first half where you know, the ball was in the, the box. You had pinging around. Maybe somebody gets a touch on it. But for the most part, especially that second half, you didn't see that same level of expectation or desire going forward. Yeah, and, and so Richard put in the comments here on YouTube, uh, the podcast MLS Assist, which I have listened to a few times, but I don't think I've listened to the one he's talking about here, accused DC United of not having a strategy to score. Do you agree? Is Olsen's answer to the question of what the team is missing evidence that he doesn't have tactical answers? And I think we kind of hit on that earlier. His, his, his answer to Jimena's question was kind of sad because he didn't have a response right then. And, and, I, and I, I agree with MLS Assist. I don't think we have a plan to attack. I I, I don't think we're a counterattacking team. We don't certainly don't have the tools. Assad is probably about as fast as some center backs in this league. And uh, Kamara is definitely like not lighting up the world. And, and we don't ever have possession. So I, I, I don't know what we're really doing out there. Do you guys have any light to shed on that? I, I don't. I wonder, and I feel like I'm going to be ripped apart for this, but I wonder if it's not that like we don't have a tactic. It's It's just that this team, like, is not fulfilling the tactics that are provided, right? Like, and those are two very different things. And I doubt that, like, because it's not just Ben Olsen, right? Like, right. he has an entire coaching staff around him. Sure. And I doubt that there are I, – I won't even guess the handful of number of people that he has around him. I doubt that all those people are like, I don't know, they'll just pass the ball and we'll figure it out, right? Like, sure. I'm sure that there's some sort of tactic. It's just not working. And those are two different arguments. And I think that should be made very clear. Yeah, and – I will give Ben 
I don't know if it's credit here, but at least a bit of a pass. He's running low around here. Yeah, if you're going to say, <laughs> hey, we are so depleted, we're you know, at the end of our rope, we you know, are playing basically whoever we can find who is on a contract and rolling them out there, then, yeah, your tactics really don't matter. Because you, know, you can set them up as best you can, but at the end of the day, you may not just have the level of players you need or the chemistry you need yeah. on the team to get a result. Which is not Ben's fault. That That, that is not Ben's I'm fault. Not, yeah. so like I said, I'm not trying to be a Ben apologist fully right now. I'm just saying like that specifically is not Ben's fault. So but. I'm prepared to you know be a little bit easier on that. But at the same time, I don't have a lot of confidence that even if everybody was fully healthy, that they would have a team set up in a way that was going to get results. We saw that towards the end of last year, especially once Wayne stopped appearing for us. You saw it at the beginning of this year, you know, again, dealing with some injury concerns and very much in an attitude that we've seen since we've returned to in-market play. The team doesn't really want to go forward. You saw more of that today. Yep. And I you know, really appreciated seeing that, especially from some of the younger guys. But on the whole, I think you know our commenters are right. We don't really have a strategy or system that's designed to score, and I don't think we have a great idea of how to get there. Yeah, I, so so I'll tell you guys. I mean, tangentially related to this question because everything we discuss it, it kind of falls around the same same challenges that we've seen from this seasonal year. I, I've taken some heat in the in the comments uh, on the text line and, and even on my personal text line um, uh, about <laughs> my take about uh, you know Griffin Yao and, and, and Ben's response on that earlier. So 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 I want to I want to lay a couple things out pretty clearly. Um, one, obviously, love Griffin. I think he's got a bright future ahead of him. Um, my my struggle here is that this is you know these decisions that are made are, are not you know fan decisions they're not our decisions they're they're collective team decisions and, and DC United invested heavily in Julian Gressel this offseason um I think I would be one of the first people to line up and say that he's not he's not performed to the level that that we expected and certainly not the level that he performed at in Atlanta uh, for 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 reasons right Gressel but, but here's the thing yeah so yeah because I, I know you want to jump in and defend him and and you should but um <laughs> I guess I'm frustrated on on so many levels with this team of like, why did you go out and, and splash the cash on this guy if if we think that the young kid in Griffin Yao is better? And and the, the way they've been playing right now, that's true. I think Griffin Yao has been playing better. And at that point, what's the plan? What, what was the system we were going to play in, right? Did we buy the right players for that system? And, and, you know, Joshua, we talked about it a couple shows ago of like, some of these signings we're making right now is it just like oh we're not scoring enough goals so like let's let's just buy someone who has scored Absolutely. in this league before uh, oh, no oh. not good enough right like yeah. what system are we playing buy the people to succeed in that system that's what needs to happen and I don't think that's what DC United are doing well, let's, let's start from the top John uh, <laughs> Gressel was brought in for a million dollars in GAM I, I think it was either the record or, or close to there of monopoly money spent on a player in this league that didn't hurt Levian's pocket a bit. The, the player we went out and spent big money on was Flores. We broke the transfer with him. I think we swung and missed. Not that he's not a quality player, but I think he was supposed to be a midfield player for this team to make things happen. And, and he, he, from what we got to see of him, he wasn't that. Uh, Gressel, I don't know if I can say after, what, less than 180 minutes that Yao is better than Gressel. I, I don't think Gressel's been utilized right. Uh, I don't think a lot of the players on this team are being utilized, right? I don't think Ben Olsen knows what he wanted to be. Uh, early in the season, we were talking about 
uh, we have, before everyone got injured, we were talking about the exciting possibilities of these players can play in these multiple dis different positions. Yep. What has been also come out, and does Assad even start for this team? And, and he's been a starter from now because we have injuries. But yeah, uh, it, it was a very different situation, and I don't feel like we figured it out in the two games before the world went to crap. And I don't feel like we figured out in the MLS back because we made the excuse, oh, this is just a weird tournament and then people got injured. So, uh, so yeah, I, I'm frustrated with this too. I, I don't care if we lose a million games. I, I want to see a style of play, a pattern. And if that yeah. pattern isn't as effective because we're playing backups, that's fine. Uh, if we get blown out because of it, that's fine. But we're we're playing nothing right now. We don't know what we're doing on the ball. It's not recognizable. And we're still losing, so that's frustrating. Do you so, think we're going to see a style of play? John, I don't want to get into this whole uh, anyone out. I, and I, I love Ben for what he's done for this club. And I don't think he's gotten a fair shot. I, I challenge any DC United fan to show me an Eastern Conference championship team that we've had in the last decade. I, I don't think you'll find it. Uh, under Ben Olsen, we so have. You're saying a DC United I mean, team that, if they had been coached by someone else, would have been an Eastern Conference right. championship. Right, 2014, you were the, 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 the one seed in the conference going into the playoffs. Okay, uh, but besides that, it's been. And then you crash out rather spectacularly yeah. immediately. I, I mean, we crashed out. Uh, but I think your point is well taken, and I think it's something that Sam's hit on several times, talking about trying to get an identifiable system in place, and we saw several shifts today, and no consistency from previous but also i would argue that like say ben has the system right and the players just aren't playing up to it so like he has the right to change the players then and to change the system a little bit based on the players that are on the field rfk refugees in the comments pointed out that if you spend money on a player and they stink you've got to sit them regardless of what they're paid. Sure. And I a little bit agree with that. And like the argue there's so, so there's an argument that gressel is playing in a very oh. different system that potentially doesn't meet his standards, but also you said that you couldn't make a determination whether or not Yao or Gressel have been better within the past two games, right? Because they basically flipped, like, who started and who subbed. But I would argue that, like, I saw when Gressel made a mistake or when something didn't go the way that Gressel wanted it to go, he hung his head and got frustrated, whereas Yao just, like, ran back into position and was ready to recycle it again. And that, I think, is, like, a mentality issue of where, like, Gressel knows. And this is nothing on Gressel, right? I think this is just human nature, is you yeah. know that the team spent money on you and you know that you're a good player who could start on pretty much any team in MLS. So you're going to be frustrated when people aren't playing for you. And Yao is proving his position right now, so he's going to be in the mindset of, like, I just need to be back in position and recycle and ready to go. But at this point in the season, I would rather see Yao doing it I, than I, what Gressel's doing. I think from, the again, less than 180 minutes we've seen of Yao, he's been moving the ball and doing well. And he had some really good dribbles. He might have been better than Gressel in that time. I, I don't think... Look, we're, we're putting the fingers at the right back that we signed from Atlanta. I, I want to delve into the guy that I had the highest expectations for the year. I was super excited for Gressel. You guys know I followed him uh, since he was in college. Uh, and I read a black and red United article about this guy uh, that I was like, oh, DC United should, should draft him. We eventually get him. I was super excited, but I, I was very excited to see Ola Kamara play this year. I thought he would get 20 goals. He's gotten 14 and 12 for other MLS teams in recent years, and he has not gotten a shot on target in the last two games despite starting. So if we were talking about players that are starting that don't deserve to be, uh, Ola Kamara is there. The sad thing is that we brought in a, a guy who hasn't scored goals in years to replace him in Rebus. Play Sorga. It, it, go ahead. Like, why not? I feel like you're the one who's frequently saying, though, that Kamara hasn't gotten the 
The service. Got any service. I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm like super confused. I'm pulling because up. You're, no, usually no, the no other I feel like I bring up both play, uh, points. He has zero shot, shots on target in the last two games. You know how many shots he's been able to take in the last two games? Four. So that's that's not enough. And again, this is looking. So what are you saying, though? Uh, he's not performing well, but he's also not getting put in places to preserve. He shouldn't be. Go- I mean, yeah, it, it can be both. I, I agree. It oh, can absolutely. be he doesn't have good service because he doesn't, and it also can be that he's not playing well because right. he's not. And it gets into a question, again, this is probably looking way too far into the future, but coming in next year, assuming everyone's healthy, you expect Paul to be back on the wing. You are still probably going to be trying to find minutes for Gressel. You still have Assad under contract. You've got Flores, who's playing as your 10, but can play on the wing. And then you've got guys like Paredes and Yao pushing for it. Again, that was a position going into the season that we would think, hey, you've got some depth here, you know, would love to see what you're able to pull out of it. Obviously that hasn't worked out based on a number of factors, but it does get iffy moving forward, especially if you want to see continued development out of the the kids. Uh, I'm not by any means calling to move Gressel or any of those guys like that, but it it does become a mess looking forward. So how do you fix it? Everybody. Style of play. Style of play. Like I said, I would rather see, look, start... Start Yao and Paredes on the wings. And if their service isn't good enough, at least I can see, like, oh, man, Yao will get better in the next year. So I I would love to see them get minutes. But I don't agree with putting them out there just so you can say, well, it's understandable because they're kids. And that was the point we were making earlier, was that if you you want to put the best players out there and that puts you in a position to win, I certainly want them being pushed in practice. But if you're just saying we're going to put the kids out there to make a point, then... I don't, I don't think that's what's happening I, necessarily. I, I don't think so either. But okay. again, that, that was kind of the, the point we were making earlier. So a couple things that have fascinated <laughs> me over the past few weeks. I mean, we talked at length uh, midweek about how surprised we were with how vocal Ben was after the Nashville game. Because you're right. I mean, every press conference we see is, is, is very similar, except for that one. Um, and I think, I, I guess I was hoping that was not an anomaly. In a lot of ways, right? Because I, I don't. One of the things that would fascinate me to understand is the relationship that Olsen has with Casper and with Levian, and when it comes to investing and the vision for this club and the long term strategy. Because I, we've harped on style of play, and I agree very strongly. Like, what is it? Define it, and let's go do it. But I, I also just don't know. Like, even taking a, a, a step further. Is everyone on the same page in this organization? And and whatever page that is, if they are, what are they doing to get the fans on it? Because I think if they came out and said, look, guys, I mean, come on, this 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 injury list is, as one of you guys said to me earlier, like longer than the first team we have available. If they came out and said, this season's pretty much a wash, like we're going to use this time to really get some guys some minutes. We're going to try some things. We're going to lose some games because we're not going to, we don't have all the pieces to do what we want, but here's what we want to do. And we're going to be damn good at it next year. I think a lot of people would say, okay, because we haven't heard that in years, right? It's always been, let's be good enough to get in the playoffs. And like, and and coach said this this week in the press conference and and maybe make a run at this thing. Who are we kidding? We're not making a run at anything. If we get in the playoffs, we won two games all year. 
But if, <laughs> I mean, come on, it's not happening. But if you want to talk about losing the locker room and especially like giving young kids confidence, if you were to come out and be like, yeah, this season's a wash, but like we're going to play the 16 year old and we're going to lose every game. But like at least he's going to get minutes like that's not developing him at all. Yeah, I mean, I and wouldn't then say your whole like that, locker room <laughs> is going to their agent and they're like, yeah, where else can you get me? Right. Like Good. that's not the mentality that. <laughs> Okay. I wouldn't say it quite like that, Sam. I mean, I think there's... Well, there's then what, a, are you, what are you saying? That's a little bit what I took from it, so can you, like, well, yeah, No, I mean, there, there's a way you can say we're like, look, we're not going to win the MLS Cup this year, but, like, next year we're going to put some pieces, like, here's the system we're going to play. This is this is basically an audition. All you guys are on contracts. We can get ready at any time. Like, this I, is your way of, of making sure you're part of what we're building for the future. But I would argue that we've never said that we're going to win the MLS Cup. Then what are we doing? I mean, it, it, like, and, and I again that that's a that's a broader challenge. But like, well, or, it, it, what it, are we here for? It's easier said than done because I think going into this year, you would say that the team had made a couple of moves. Again, yeah, not necessarily saying yes, this is a team that's going to compete for the cup this year, but bringing in Gressel on one of your most expensive transfer moves with the the, the Tam move there, bringing in close to your record signing in in Flores. Uh, you, the, yeah, I think, I think it was the record. Yeah, signing. it was. Uh, you know, these are moves that you expect from a team that is saying, hey, we're a piece or two away. We're going to, to splash the money out there and make it happen. Obviously, it hasn't. Um, Do you think they thought that? Do you think they thought they were Flores and Gressel away? Absolutely. Because when you when you take into account that you also have, like, ball and your defense yeah. isn't just, like, getting every other player is getting injured and you have Flores who you can bring in and isn't getting, like, a, a facial injury, like... I think absolutely we thought we were one yeah. or two steps away. And I don't think they thought that they were a player or two away from being LAFC last year. Okay, I agree with that. that I, that's I, not I, what I, 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 don't, yeah. I don't think that they were saying, you know, if we get these pieces in here, this team is going to, you know, hit on all cylinders, we're going to be, you know, moving. But I do think that they looked at it and said, hey, if we fill these couple of spots, they were not expecting to hit September and have major minutes coming from Yao, Nyman, and Paredes. Uh so I think you know, beginning of the year, you look at it and say, yeah, this is probably something that we can say we're going to be a you know, top four team, maybe hosting a playoff game. And then, as we've said a number of times, if you get hot at the right time, you know, roll on through and see what happens. Uh, yeah, I do think that. I mean, even another way to look at it is, like, I think most people, even probably on the team, knew they needed another striker at the beginning of the season before – COVID hit and all those things and I think we've seen that play out in the moves they've actually made because you know a lot of these transfer deals don't happen overnight like so I assume wheels were in motion for for some of these guys they had they had eyes on you know the reinas of the world and stuff for for at least a little while but um I yeah I think I think they thought they were they were close at least to, to making some noise and I guess one silver lining here is if you get all those folks back next year Right, and and that was you know again we, we we dogged him earlier, but that was Olsen's kind of line. I like some of those guys back healthy because you fast forward to next year, even if you don't improve this roster at all, other than through health, you now know you have depth in these young kids that that probably won't start it, if if everyone's healthy. I don't know that they're cracking the starting lineup or or they're pushing for minutes, which is exactly what you want. We've also got depth, and this team going into this year, I think. Any any podcast you listen to heading into this season, any media you read, this team didn't have depth, and, and we've gotten exploited because well, of it. And that's the balancing act that we've been kind of uh, talking about this evening and over the last couple of episodes has been, hey, do we 
settle on a style, say this is what we're going to play, this is what we expect to play when we're back at full strength. If we play it now, all of our players know what they're doing and are good to go coming in. Or are you hurtling from game to game and saying, well, let's figure out who's available this time and then maybe try to piece it together. I don't think anyone will argue that our staff are such tactical geniuses that we're able to spring something on our opponents that's really going to catch them off guard. I think most of us, from what I've heard, would agree that we would like to see this team settle on a style, settle on a formation or a flavor of formation, and then when you come in next year, even if it's, again, getting a lot of those guys back healthy and getting them minutes again, at least you've had a chance to play the guys behind them, the the Moses, the, uh, the Yaos. You've had a chance to get them minutes and knowing what they're supposed to do when they come in. So you don't have to do this full-on reboot every time you come in with a new squad. I'm going to go back to that, like, that's not fully Ben or the front office or the owner's fault. Like, no one can expect that at one point or another, basically their entire starting lineup will be injured during this season. Like, yep. you you're right, John. We were all concerned at the beginning of the season about the depth of this team. But show me, like, any other season that any other team has, like, had this bad of luck with injuries. Yeah. So that, that to me is, like, you have to a little bit be like, well, I'm playing an 18-year-old and a 16-year-old tonight. Like, I can't do the tactics I want to do because they will not – they're just different types of players, regardless yeah. of their age, right? Like, every type of player is a different type of player. And you're so, constantly plugging new people into the lineup exactly. too, right? So, so like, no one's got chemistry at no, all. No one really knows what the tactic Ben was going to bring into this season and what would have happened, even r- – disregarding like COVID and the whole MLS is back and like what we're doing now craziness, just like our injury list alone. Nobody knows what our tactics would have been and nobody knows how those would have been fleshed out because even like taking like one or two of those pieces out, then yeah, we could have been like, Oh, we should have been prepared for this, but taking as many pieces as we've had to, and like this revolving door of injuries that we've had. And then you put into it the fact that there's like, covid and like we're having to travel and like not travel and then obviously like the economy is going crazy and black lives matter is weighing on players minds like this has just been like a bonkers year and the fact that we don't have like the depth that other teams have like it's like everything that could have gone wrong for this team has gone wrong which makes me give them a little bit of slack because no one would have thought that every single thing could have gone bad for this team yeah it's been a perfect storm for sure and and i think it I don't know. I'm, I'm looking for that direction. I'm looking for that, that North Star here of here's what we're going to do. And, 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 and we've talked before on this show, and, and I saw the comment tonight already come in about, like, who amongst the players, you know, needs to, to be that leader, provide that sense of urgency. We've talked about it a bit with the coaching staff tonight. We've talked about it with ownership. Like, what's the, what's the vision? What's the way forward? And, and how do we get through this? And I think, I think we're all grasping at straws a little bit because it's just been so many different things. Um, we're live here on Tried and True, the DC United post-game podcast presented by Heineken. And, uh, of course, you can always send us your thoughts using the hashtag Tried and True DCU or jumping in the YouTube chat, the Twitter live chat, or uh, by shooting us a text at 202-892-6328. Um, we do need to name a man of the match tonight. Did you have a different uh, thought uh, before I was, we got I was just going to say, you know, going back to something we said earlier, as far as wanting the front office to say, hey, maybe the season is over, we're going to, you know, kick it off and rebuild for next year or whatever. 
in a year where you know again everything's going wrong perfect storm all of these different things going badly you're not worried about attendance numbers you're not worried about people stopping showing up your television ratings may take a hit but if there was ever a year where the front office could come out and say yes you know we've had to list all the reasons that have gone badly this is what we're expecting for this year you know i think you could get away with it this year yeah i I don't think they're going to do it because that's not what you would do for sports management 101 in almost every case you never want to give up on a season until it is actually fully gone but in a year like this, maybe that's the answer. I, I think the fans are already there. I mean, John, you have us written off. Like, if we make it to the tenth spot for playoffs, we don't have a chance. And I think you're right. Uh, so, so the fans are already booting this year. I mean, we're not watching for to, for to be a part of the MLS Cup championship winning sure. story. We're, we're watching to see our team and hoping that they progress in some way. I, I, I will say this though. I mean, it's the hope that kills you, right? And that's not just a DC United thing. It's a sports thing, right? So, I mean. I know I sound very defeated oh, no. tonight, but, like, I don't know what happens with some of these injuries. You get some guys healthy. You get some consistent minutes. I mean, I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that they could win a couple games in the playoffs if they get in and if they get healthy. The and problem is they haven't won a couple games all year. And, and and no matter who's out there, at some point it's a mentality thing. And I was happy to hear, you know, Fred say that, like, no, like, we're not pessimistic. Like, we, you know, I he – he's not the kind of guy who would have came out here and said, nah, the locker room's a mess, we hate each other. I don't think that's what's happening here. But at some point, it's like, they've got to win some games just for the sake of knowing how to win some games, right? they got to start making their own luck. And and if those types of things happen, then then yeah, I mean, the league's not that out of balance. I mean, there's there's some very good teams, but there's teams that are beatable. New England is a team that is beatable. I'm tired of losing and not getting results against wanna, New England. Do you want to chat about your Assad question? Because I feel like this is a perfect time to do so. Yeah, I mean, for sure. Like, you guys have heard me, uh, you know, for weeks on the show, Yamil Assad's been in my doghouse, which, by the way, he played pretty well tonight. He did. Um, he so had I, a magnificent turns and looks and yeah. passes wide today. And, and defensively, too. Yeah. yeah. Now, going off my previous rant he's not out of the doghouse yet you got to do it consistently right but this was a <laughs> good step in the right direction for you Mel. but i asked coach uh you know midweek during the press conference about like where do you assess Yamil at right now in terms of his quality in terms of you know this is a guy who basically had a year off um you know based on the the craziness that that happened with his previous club and then came back here couldn't get really any minutes at the end of the season with uh there was a plan maybe he was going to play a little bit with Loudon that didn't come to fruition so comes into this year picked up a knock global pandemic comes in very hard to get consistent minutes um and so there was a lot going on and I asked coach what his thoughts were on that and, and he really said like I think it's everybody you know it's not it's not just Jamil is or is not performing well it's not just Julian is or is not performing well and he specifically named Julian Gressel as well it's who's performing well to, to, to really bring the whole team up. And, and I think that's definitely a big part of, you know, where this team's at right now is as a whole, as a cohort, they've got to step it up. And then I think a lot of the individual stars will start to, to shine through. Even even Ola Kamara, like, well, like we know he's got the quality. It's it's when does it happen? And you, know, you talk about the team needing to get some luck and figure out a way to win some games. They've had several occasions this year where you've gotten results out of nothing. The first yeah. game of the MLS is back tournament. You know the Toronto game that got rescheduled two times, and you yep. know all sorts of craziness around that. You had no business getting anything out of that, and somehow you miraculously pull off 
you know the tie and you expect that to carry through and then you get eliminated from the group stage of that tournament the new york game i'm sorry jersey game a couple of weeks ago yep. also comes to mind where you know sorga pulls off that late winner you've had a couple of occasions where you've gotten points or wins where you don't necessarily expect it to it's hard to say that this team hasn't had those opportunities to try to pull that forward and capitalize but they haven't been able to carry that forward beyond that one game. It, it was 0-0 in the 83rd minute today. I mean, yeah. For a team that was not set up to bunker and get a 0-0, they, they tried to go yeah. forward. I, so speaking of tonight's game, we've got to award a man of the match. Um, who's going first? I'll go. Sam? I will give it to Moses Nyman because Shocker. I think <laughs> – because he was the youngest on the field. Uh. No, because I think that he played really well. I think this was his first MLS yeah. start. And he, the cool, calm, and collected that he was on this ball was not sure. matched by any other D.C. United player on this field. Right? Like, there were times when he was in both boxes, offensive and defensive, and he took the ball, he picked up his head, and he picked out a D.C. United foot, and he made a positive pass, and he did not just lose possession. He didn't just boot it up the field. He didn't just take a random shot. Like, did it, did he make mistakes? Yes, absolutely, but I think that he was the most present on the ball, and I think this team absolutely needs that. And he slowed down the play and, like, allowed everyone to build around him, which is clearly what I've just been wanting from this team, if you've been listening yeah. to this show or any others that we've done. So, absolutely, Moses Nyman, man of the match. Michael Black? I'm fine with that. Uh, for me, I think if the game had ended at the 80th minute, I'd be very tempted to give it to Fred Briant. I thought we saw another solid performance out of him for the most part, you know, staying strong at the back. Again, if the game had ended 0-0 draw, that's probably where I'd go. It didn't, and when you give up two late goals like that on things that were preventable, uh, I have trouble giving it to a defender. So for me, I would give my man of the match to Jordi Reyna. I thought that he did a great job, especially in his first game with the club after only a couple of uh, sessions tra- training with the, with the guys out there. You saw a, a lot of incisive passes. You saw a lot of energy out of him. He probably came back to try to get involved a little bit more than I'd like to see, but I think he did a, a good job animating, and I think he gave us at least a little bit of hope that he's going to continue that moving forward. So for me, it's Yordi Rana. Yeah, I, I, um, I'll just I'll continue on with the praise tonight for Yamil. I, I, I think Woo! I said to you guys in the first half, he was the man of the first half for sure and I'm shocked. yeah i mean look i i'm i'm happy to eat crow when i'm wrong right i mean <laughs> i i don't know if across the season i've been wrong about you know every time i've been upset i don't That's think i fair. have been uh but he played well tonight and, and i think he he was he seemed more confident on the ball um he he was effective in defense um and, and i think if we continue to see that you know especially you know <laughs> heaven forbid we have some consistency in the lineup and build some chemistry you know who knows like it, it could really unlock you or he could unlock Ola or Yordi or some of these other guys out there and, and, and really, you know, set this team up for scoring a goal. Joshua. Man, I'm, I'm going to give three honorable mentions. It's going to be each one of what? you guys' three honorable mentions <laughs> oh, and then okay. I'll the man of the okay, match. Okay. That's how we do this show sometimes. Yamil uh, Saad absolutely deserved it. It's, it's a great shout, and I'm proud of you for taking him out of the dog pound because he oh, definitely no, no, no. deserved he, to be there. He's still in there. 
He's just inching his way. He's out. just man of the match. It's a little closer to the home. So you threw a stake into the doghouse? <laughs> yeah. I mean, listen, he's got a. <laughs> I, I need to see consistent game over game to get out of the doghouse. Fantastic but player tonight. Key yeah, pass. Absolutely. If he's a little bit faster, he beats the goalkeeper to that 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 ball mm-hmm. and gets it. And yeah, he, it wasn't a perfect. Ball he came out in play, the 80th minute, uh, and then we lost the game after that. Uh, Jordi Reyna for all the points that Black said. Uh, fantastic was a little bit of creative spark that we needed. Sam Moses came in and he was he was average. Um, and I guess wow. I, I uh, he was average. <laughs> I, I mean, that's that's the stats. He said Sam's was least significant. No, but, but no. Uh, uh, I he, he's, he's looking at who scored right now. <laughs> I, I, I do have it up. And I looked at his it's 73% pass accuracy. Okay, is, what do you think? Which though? is not great. Uh, Yamil Assad is the man of the match. So we have a consensus here, I think. Whoa. Um, he was the best player on the field. Uh, everyone else was really bad, mostly. The team gave it to Joseph Mora. And, and actually, uh, so did who scored looking at it here. Uh, I think they checked who scored. Uh, <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. What is it? Whoscores.com? Just for the people who are out who there. Whoscored.com. Yeah, it's a. Pr- I mean, it's got all the stats for all the games. If you want to go deep dive, you can see pass accuracy, and, and that's where I pull Kamara's missed shots uh, every game. Expected uh, goals. Yeah. <laughs> just worth citing uh, but, your sources. But yeah, Assad is uh, Assad was the best player today. Yeah, I, I, the Joseph Moore thing was was interesting to me. I mean, he he didn't have. I don't know. It, it's not like he had a bad game in my mind. He just didn't stick out as anything particularly you know impressive i don't know what it was there are there specifics that we're, we're seeing here that i'm i'm failing no, to recall uh, he didn't play the whole game. no i'm not <laughs> failing to recall things either he had a fine game i think well maybe that's in it again, he, in a game where you lost 2-0 <laughs> uh, apparently maybe media not was all making, need, though. yeah maybe not making errors and not being yeah. responsible for yeah. you know either goal is enough <laughs> uh, based on the metrics but that's a low bar yeah Yeah. well it's as good a time as any to shout out our friends at across the pond uh they're open uh bless them they also watch the giants uh (laughs) but they're open uh i think seven days a week now and they've got indoor outdoor uh dining they do they also do patriots watch parties as well and they do all the soccer all the time so uh if you're checking them out use the promo code podcast for five percent off your order um and and give our friends some business because they got good food and they're cool people so Check them out. Um, let's see where we go from here. DC United schedule for the final nine games is out, which is good. We have Atlanta twice. We talked about the, that's the the upcoming game next weekend. And yeah, if there's if there's points to be had, it's it's got to be there, right? At least a confidence boost, maybe. Well, I mean, um, you're talking about a team that does not have a permanent coach is is missing their MVP striker up top is in basic disarray across the rest of the squad. Yeah, Barco didn't play tonight, right? Barco didn't play tonight. They just sold Pity Martinez. If you're going to say there's an opportunity on the schedule, playing Atlanta is probably it, and you get them twice in the next three weeks. Yeah, and the rest of the schedule, I still look at this, and I'm like, eh, it could be worse. Um, <laughs> am, I, am I reading that we play New England again again on here, or was that we tonight's do. game? I think, oh, my oh, God. Is that again, or was I, that tonight? I think we have it again. I, I think you're right, which okay. is just... Maybe I'm off. Wow, I don't think I can handle another loss to New England. I, um, I just want to point out that someone said, or someone, RFK RFK just said that that was said about Nashville. and Oh, for sure. I, I mean, this this team FCC, has dropped yeah. points that you know should have been in the bank regularly. Um, so I, I don't think you can count on anything. But of these games, Atlanta is definitely the team you want to play right now. Oh, man. And for the same reasons... That Black just said that they were in a bad spot. We were in the exact same position. Our coaching is questionable right now. We're missing two DPs. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, so maybe we can grid it up and get a result. So I much, like it. much to John's chagrin, we are going back to New England on uh, the first of November. So Fun. Okay. Sure, it'll go well for Fourth us. Fourth time this year. Yeah, great. <laughs> Fourth time's a charm. Yeah. Uh, around the league, obviously, Kick Childhood Cancer uh, is in full swing. Uh, we actually saw we had a couple other games on tonight. Uh, Chicago did a, did a great run out for that. Um, I don't know if Dave and Devin were in the scarves tonight. It was a, that was a one-time deal, but you can still use were. the hashtag. Kick it goes until the end of September. Yeah. Awesome. Oh, sure. uh, Sam rocking this jersey. Hopefully, she's washed it. I don't know. It's been on the show <laughs> a lot lately. Uh, we'll All of September. <laughs> um, and Sam, we're gonna give you another shot at uh, at the register to vote bit. Yeah. So I apologize on Twitter, but I'd like to apologize. I got very flustered last episode, and I said some things that were not. The great, the we'll greatest. Yeah, no, they were just not coherent. Um, it was inappropriate of me to say, so I'd like to apologize for that. I should have stopped rambling. So today I'm just going to go say that you should register to vote. If you're unsure about how to do that, MLS um, has set up their website. They're in uh, partnership with the Black Players for Change and um, the MLS Players Association. So you can go, you can see if you're registered to vote, you can register, you can see what district you're in. Um, if you want to volunteer at the polls you can do that if you have questions about what your deadlines are you can look at that um they're just doing really great stuff and you know I, i've seen some things on twitter some people are like i've been registered to vote my whole like since i was 18 like that's awesome encourage your friends to do so right like um you know just encourage everybody to be educated and get involved it's super important um there are a lot of things going on right now um so just make sure that you're informed and i think it's great that mls is um, really making a push for that. Um, I checked the website today. DC United has still not put out what they're so putting forth um, in support of this movement. I'm super excited to see what that will be because I have confidence that DC United will be doing something for this. Um, so we will let you all know when we do see that update and just make sure you're taking advantage of all your rights. Yeah, and, and looking around uh, around the DMV, obviously, if you didn't hear the news, Loudoun United season is over uh, due to a rash of COVID-19 positives on the team. Things weren't going great for them this year on the field, and so I think they just kind of said, you know, there's only a couple games left on the schedule. Let's just shut it down. It, it'll get everyone healthy. Um, I actually saw one report, I believe it was Stephen Goff, had said that uh, potentially Kyra Mustafa might be working out for DC United, which is really exciting to me because yeah. I like him a lot. Uh, so hopefully there's an opportunity uh, there to see if he can get some minutes well, with, with the black and red. And it was a squad that was not going to make the USL playoffs. Uh, yeah, I think they were de- like probably mathematically eliminated. Yeah, they, so in they their were. second year, I think it's worth saying. Yeah, I mean, and you, you don't expect for a MLS B team. All the, all the other two teams are at the bottom of their yeah. their yeah. little brackets. You don't expect a second team for an MLS team to really be making a play at you know, winning a USL championship. You would certainly like to see better results than dead last, but again, given where they were, it makes sense. And I think that's also a you know, credit to the team for making the decision not to intermix the players so that yep. for sure when there you did have a, a breakout which you know is unfortunate we certainly hope that all the players recover well from that it's not something that you know spread over to the, the, the main team and we still get to see them night in night out yeah it, definitely tough not not being able to move players up and down you know this season and i think you know the point about all the b teams being near the bottom of the league is is true and i think that's something that would frustrate a lot of the uh the fans of teams that are not B teams, right? Of like, get these teams out of our league, and they're, they're, we've we've heard some 
some rumor, uh, I, I think, last off season about potentially USL trying to move all of the uh, the B teams down to League One. Uh, so I haven't heard much on that lately. I don't think that's on anybody's radar. Just trying to survive this season. <laughs> With everything and, uh, else going on, right? Yeah. Uh, but it, it'll be interesting to see if that you know gains some legs moving forward uh, as well. Um, also in, in the DMV, the Spirit drew Chicago yesterday one one. I think it was a late goal for the Spirit. Is that right? It was. Yeah, Chicago came out on top. Um, you know the the Spirit just came fighting back, and I think it was the 88th minute that we got that equalizer, which was super promising. Just to see that fighting spirit out of the Spirit. Oh wow. Well done. Pun not intended. <laughs> Time to wrap the show. They play again Saturday against Sky Blue FC. That's away at 12.30 p.m. on various CBS streaming platforms. Uh, DC as we mentioned, host Atlanta next Saturday. Uh, that's at 7 p.m. And, you know, the last thing before we wrap the show tonight, um, take your anger out on the like button. Smash the like button <laughs> in the words of Joshua Morgan. Uh, give us the like. Tell your friends. Retweet. Actual fake news. <laughs> All of the things, subscribe, uh, send us beer, oh whatever. Um, we really appreciate you guys listening to Absolutely. us uh, and venting with us. And uh, Michael Black, you've said it before. This is the uh, this is the tried portion uh, of tried and true, right? So when yeah. when DC United turned things around in a couple of years and are back on top of the league, and and you you went through nights like this, couple it years. makes it all the, all the better. Next game. Hey, I'll take it. They, 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 got, they got points for the taking. You heard yeah. it here first. There are points for the taking next weekend. Uh, you just win one or two games. It. United is going to get points next weekend. I don't That's know right. who, but <laughs> a United is going to get something. I don't know. Maybe maybe, maybe we'll throw it back to Bobby Wine and, and see if we can get some luck because we've, we've, we've given him a couple weeks off to, to end the show, so we'll give it a shot. Thanks for spending your Sunday night with us, guys. We'll talk to you soon. Out here. is a potential victim but the good news is that everyone is a potential solution sensitize the masses to sanitize keep a social distance and quarantine Wash your hands, keep a distance from everyone. Report anything like a simple tomb. Serious fever is a simple tomb. Rykov is a simple tomb. Okay, Tamala is a simple tomb. Itchy eyes and flu.